Newgate Prison, 1834. It was a fine day for a hanging. In the city of London, the spring air held a promise of the bucolic summer to come, and high above the gallows, the spires of St. Sepulchre without Newgate melted like warm cream into the clouds of an azure sky. The beautiful weather had, of course, brought out a larger-than-usual mob of gawkers and hawkers, all of whom were now wedged cheek by jowl together, enjoying a capital lark. This, even before the condemned had been dragged out to pray and to plead, and, if the crowd was lucky, perhaps even to piss himself. Above the rumble of the crowd came the cries of the piemen and the orange girls, along with the perky toots of a hornpipe wielded by a swarthy sailor who roamed the crowd, a miniature monkey perched upon one shoulder. Lastly came the newsboys, waving their papers and shouting out headlines as grisly as they were salacious. For today was the day to recount every detail of Lord Percy Peveril's brutal murder and all its overwrought aftermath. After all, what more could one wish for in such a cautionary tale of angst and woe? A duke's son, cut coldly down by a notorious and dashing card sharp, leaving his noble father to vow revenge. This followed by a suicide, a trial, and a beautiful fiancée twice collapsed with grief. Truly, for the pressmen of Fleet Street, did opportunity knock any louder? Just then, the door onto the platform high above flew open, and the thick-set hangman trundled out. The aforesaid fiancée shrieked, then collapsed, yet a third time, against her sister's shoulder on a wretched sob. For months now, Miss Eleanor Colburn had been bravely proclaiming her intention to stand stalwart to the end, though this was not, in point of fact, her end. And never mind the fact that prior to this drawn-out melodrama, the lady had never stood stalwart in the face of anything more catastrophic than a badly knotted hair ribbon. Around her, however, the crowd had surged on a collective gasp, and the condemned, the man whose end this was truly meant to be, lifted his chin and stepped unhesitatingly onto the platform, coatless and hatless, his thick, dark curls ruffling lightly in the breeze. His hands were bound tightly behind him, so tight that his fine brocade waistcoat was drawn taut across a broad width of chest, displaying an expanse of costly linen that had once been starched and snowy white, but had long ago gone grey with the filth of Newgate. A black-garbed clergyman by the name of Sutherland was introduced. A grim-faced Scot, the fellow stepped to the edge of the platform, a Bible already open across his palm, to rattle off a few perfunctory passages about death and forgiveness, followed by a fiery invective on the inherent evils of gaming. Then, as was the custom, the condemned was invited to speak his last words. The broad-chested young man gave a succinct nod and stepped forward, dropping a steady, crystal-blue gaze directly upon Eleanor Colburn. It was as if he knew to an inch precisely where the lady stood in the silent, suspenseful throng. Miss Colburn. His powerful, upper-class voice held a hint of northern broadness. I did your Percy no harm save fairly relieve him of a few hundred pounds. And eventually, 
I'll prove it. To you, by God, and to every man Jack standing in this mob of inhumanity. At that, the hangman uttered an irritated oath. The bound man was yanked impatiently back from the platform's edge. In an instant, the black bag was thrown over his head, and the noose jerked taut. The entire crowd drew one great collective breath. Then, with a mighty yank, the lever was thrown and the platform dropped, dangling the body like a marionette. The crowd exhaled, then broke into a melange of jeers, tears, and raucous applause. Eleanor Colburn released her sister's arm, then fell to her knees, collapsing on a bone-racking sob into the filth of the street.